something deep that I've never heard before. I wonder what yeah. that was. I heard that. Oh, well. I'm sure it's not a bomb. <laughs> it's probably a robot that lives in your wall. <gasps> a servant robot? <laughs> I'm it's so excited! Right, we're back here on the Doom to Fail podcast today talking about cheese. Thanks, NPR Tim. Yeah, this is NPR Tim, and with me as ever is NPR co-host Catherine. Thanks, Tim. It's good to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. Listen, I wanted to open the phone lines. Um, if any of you calling in at home, driving in the car on your lunch break, want to call in and uh, talk to us about cheese, uh, we've got a uh, noted cheese expert here, um, Gustavo... Cheeserton, yeah. Cheeserton, it's one of the Spanish names. Yeah. Gustavo Martinez Cheeserton. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's so hyphenated, Martinez, of course. I heard yeah, Gustavo yeah. that your mother was a was a strong-minded feminist. Is that true? I don't think Gustavo is going to talk. <laughs> I'm not doing the Gustavo voice. Damn you it. can if you want. That's a it's a male's name, Tim. Uh jeez, you are being very gender normative. That's <laughs> what I'm known for here on Listen, NPR. It's the Doom to Fail podcast, uh, and today we actually are talking about cheese. Yes. Uh, Tim and Catherine, you've, you've been introduced to us, I believe. Um, so, Catherine, uh, when we started talking about this, uh, or Catherine and I had the idea to talk about this, I it was because I realized that I have a very strong relationship with cheese, uh, emotionally. Um, and I'm curious if you do, too. Is, do you is have cheese... a stronger relationship if it's a stronger cheese? <laughs> That was funny. I'm funny. I'm really funny. I, points for selling it. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm curious if this is just me or like, because, you know, like people are all like, uh, now you've been on the internet. Yes? Mm, Have you heard of this? Once or twice. Okay. Uh, perhaps you've noticed in, in certain corners the uh, bacon is like achieved meme status, right? Or oh, yes. People just like, yeah, they talk about how amazing bacon is. Well, yeah. And like bacon's good, but I bacon's pretty good. I feel like I have a closer connection to that with cheese. Like, uh, I don't make memes because it's just not really what I do with my time. Um, That's respectable. I, yeah, <laughs> you know what? I think that shines well on me. Meh. Um, but I wonder if if you have some sort of a uh, connection with really any food. But I guess I think particularly about cheese. What do you think makes cheese different? Well, cheese is a, a very high-density food that's also salty. Yes. And, Bacon, not mm-hmm. high-density, but also salty. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think bacon is just way harder to cook. Cheese kind of comes ready. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you could just put it out. Cheese is way more versatile. I mean, it's which is because it's a more, it's a broader term. Mm. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's like, what is it? I know there's apple smoked and uh, the other kind. Turkey bacon. bacon. Turkey bacon, which, I mean, mm-hmm. bastardized bacon. Translation. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really count. Uh, um, yeah. It's just, uh, I feel like that's like getting, you know, low-fat ice cream. It's, it's like, why are you doing that? It's just for juice. Go for the goods. It's for juice. Oh, uh, is it for juice? Okay. I don't know. I'm just assuming. 
You're Jewish. You're the one who can say things like this. It's true. It's you are the expert between the two of us. It's, okay. Yeah, that I'm saying it. It's for Jews. There you go. You have to just make a statement. <laughs> so it's a high-density food. It's salty. It's salty. Uh, like I said, it's very versatile. You can go on sandwiches. You can go on crackers. It's a good snack. I mean, it's a bad snack, but it's a good snack. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was I, I read once somewhere that there is an enzyme in cheese that uh, supposedly like contributes to like serotonin production, but that just seems like, you know, I did not follow up on that. I'm going to tell you right now. I didn't read the the original paper, so I don't know what that was about. Huh. But that seems I get, like malarkey. I, yeah, it does seem like a little bit of like, well, there's this weird tenuous connection, and then you know, someone in Popular Mechanics jumped on it. Yeah, we're going to make you know, it Popular end- Mechanics. We're always writing about it. cheese. Yeah, that's true. Those popular mechanics are always bastardizing those scientific articles about food. They are the turkey bacon of science journals. You know, In that's that a they're for harsh. Jewish people. This is this is turning a little anti-Semitic, and let's uh, <laughs> let's take a ninety-degree turn in our conversation. What's ninety degrees to anti-Semitic? Because uh, it's not pro-Semitic. No, no, it's neutral, right? Yeah, I guess so, but it's still headed in a direction. It's, That's what uh, troubles lawful me. Lawful neutral. Lawful neutral. <laughs> this is how this is how your D and D games go, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you? Wait. Well, I'm an anti-Semitic, uh, chaotic uh, paladin. <laughs> paladins are pretty anti-Semitic, unless they're Jewish paladins. Let's let's get real for a second. Yeah, actually, by their nature, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to be a fervent Catholic, you know, to the point where you are like a magical wizard knight. Uh, I mean, the and be super open-minded. The analog to the paladin is the crusader, and you know they're not mm. known for their love of Jews. I'm just saying. No, they're not. Although maybe, see, maybe that is ninety degrees. This is hot water, but uh, super. But hot. I feel like crusading was all about taking. Um, Taking the Holy Land back from uh, um, Arabs, right? Who are not Jewish. No, but, uh, I mean, if you'll remember from seventh grade history with me, they killed, like, a bunch of Jews on the way there. I forgot we took seventh grade history together. (laughs) Just seventh grade, yeah. That's where we met. Yeah, and then we just didn't see each other for years and years. Years and years, and then you called me up about, what is it, a year and a half, two years ago? And you said, Catherine, let's do a podcast together. And I was like, sure, guy from seventh grade history. I said, hey, I think we learned a lot of good stuff in seventh grade history. Why don't we just cover it in this podcast? It's true. Ah, Mrs. Schroeder. Yeah, she was the best. It's so strange that we both went to that magnet school in the center of the earth, though. Magnets. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's get real here. There were the lava people and then there were the mud people. (laughs) And we all knew what the difference was. That's true. Yeah. It's In fact, as I recall, one of the sort of um like uh real life lessons we learned from that was Mr. Schroeder sort of drew an analog between lava people, mud people, and you know, Jewish people and crusaders and, and yeah, Islamic. Because Arabians. lava yeah. people kept killing mud people. Exactly. Yeah. Which is totally not okay. No. This is why we go to a magnet school. There is just way too much lava on mud people violence in inner city public schools. There, I heard that this American life in inner city earth schools. It's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant to say inner earth city schools. Oh, of course. I flipped course. the words. Well, it's it's been a long time. 
this is... I think we can both be commended for yes-handing this thing, but uh, maybe it didn't go in the best direction. Yeah, this got really dark. <laughs> like, because the sun doesn't shine in the center of the Earth. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Well, yeah, the lava that's... people helped. Oh, yeah, they glow. That's why they think they're better. Yeah, they're like, we're <sighs> your sun and stars. Mud people, Stuck bow up. to us. Yeah, exactly. They've got, they're the sneeches on the beaches with the stars upon the ours. That's That's who they are. I like cheddar cheese. What do you like? Uh, just cheddar? That's a little bland. No, I like more than that, but I figured we gotta start off somewhere. Okay. Uh, you know, I really like spreadable cheeses. Really? Oh my gosh, hmm. yes. Well, okay, so how do you feel about American cheese singles? <sighs> Ugh. Yeah. Well, so I'm very, very not into that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, I have like a visceral reaction to yeah. it. But, um... So I started reading about it because, uh, you know, Wikipedia is there. And um, apparently you make this. It's a, a process patented by Kraft in the early 1900s. And you make it essentially by just sort of throwing cheddar and Colby cheese ends into a vat with emulsifiers and some other stuff. Okay. And I, I guess you just kind of cook it until it sort of like goes into a, a slurry. And then, um, or not a slurry, slurry is the wrong word, more of a, a, an emulsion. Mm-hmm. So it's all pretty consistent. I mean, cheese and, is already an emulsion. Well, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I'd always thought of, um, sort of processed cheese as like, eh, it's gross. It's not even really cheese. Yeah. But like, as near as I could tell, it's pretty much just cheese. You know what I just realized? Uh, mm-hmm. this is a teaching moment. We should probably explain what an emulsion is. Oh, sure. Yeah. An, an emulsion, uh, Catherine, go ahead. Okay. So an emulsion is, um, you know, you have oil and water and how they separate. Yeah. 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 So um, um, emulsion of oil and, well, an emulsion is when you have two substances that aren't soluble in each other, like, for example, oil and water, and you shake them up so much or you mix them so fiercely that they can't really separate back out. Yeah. It's when they're not... Um, they're like atomized inside of each other. Does that make yeah, sense? Exactly. It's like they're not actually like dissolved in each other because they're not like chemically bonding or, or you know, uh, really close like that. But they are in very small amounts mixed up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, an emulsion of... Like mayo is an emulsion. Milk is an emulsion. Uh, ketchup is most, an emulsion. I think most delicious foodstuffs are emulsions. Pretty much anything you can't see through and eat is an emulsion. You can't see through and eat. All right, so not water. Water's not an emulsion. Well, water is water. That's actually on the period. No, it's not on the periodic table. <laughs> yeah, you got me. You got me. It's right next to juice. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Milk? Milk and emulsion? I yes, think it is. It yeah. Is. Um, but what about, like, um, turkey? Is turkey an emulsion? Hmm. Deli turkey. Sliced. No, no. Turkey, I don't think, is an emulsion. It's uh, like it's a, a solid. biological thing right what is meat meat is protein aren't you aren't you the chemical engineer you get to the point where you just say you have a firm line where you go that's bio yeah it's in the bio black box yeah that's how i operate yeah that's how that's no i think that is how the majority of uh non-biologically oriented chemical engineers line themselves up yeah yeah Ah, it's a uh, uh, it's a biology it you know I stray, I stray a little bit into biology what with my um complex feedstocks <laughs> that I'm converting into fuel. 
um, biologically or oh god, because no. uh, yeah, exactly as as a. Uh, but most, it's a uh, it's a biological feeds. Well, not yeah. It's like um, it's like a plant, yeah, Catherine, that I'm converting mm. into a fuel. So I have to know the composition of the plant, which I might learn in a biology class. I thought you burnt. You're gonna say which I might learn someday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, all the processing is done on uh, thermochemistry. True. Yeah. You just put well, you put heat on it, and then you go like, ah, it'll turn into cool stuff. No, I don't do thermochemistry. I mean, transesterification—that's <clears throat> real chemistry. Oh yeah, you're right. That's not straight thermo. Yeah, it's still a. Uh, it's still thermochemistry. Transesterification means... is where you add methanol to um, any sort of oil, like uh, soybean oil, and then it turns into biodiesel. Listeners, <laughs> they're they're catching up. Um, the trans because it trans uh, does something to the ester, right? There's like three esters connected to one piece. Yeah. Right. Okay. So listeners may not chemistry, know this, right. so I'm going to start <laughs> from the beginning, even though you're a genius and you know all this already. <laughs> I don't know it. Okay. <laughs> So um, I, I did one biodiesel lab once. A triglyceride, as we all know about them, we've heard about mm -hmm. them from our doctors, um, is a molecule with three fatty acids connected to a glycerin backbone. And it's kind of like... Um, Which is why it's triglyceride. Yeah. It's, yeah. It looks kind of like if you had a comb, but it only had three spokes on it. Yeah, I was going to say it looks like a really bad rake. Or a fork. How about a fork? A three-tined fork. Exactly. And, uh, with no handle. With oh, no handle. It's not the best analog. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, and so a diglyceride would only have two prongs and a monoglyceride would only have one. Anyway. So that's a fun fact. Um, and so transesterification is where you take methanol and it breaks off the glycerin from the fatty acid and converts one of these prongs into a methyl ester, which is biodiesel. And so you take three of these methanol molecules will individually break off each of these fatty acids and make up three methyl ester molecules and leave the glycerin backbone. Pretty cool. And that's how biodiesel works, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're excited about... Uh, what's your relationship with the biodiesel chemistry? Uh, I find that a lot of people, when they work closely with abstract things, they, they start to really like them. Like, as though they were their friends. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, we're bosom buddies. What's your what's your least favorite uh, chemical you work with? I hate lignin. Brown grease. <laughs> <laughs> it refuses to grease. define itself. No, it does. It's uh, brown grease is what you call the grease that you scrape off of the top of a sewage treatment plant, and you can convert Ew. that into biodiesel. Yeah, I don't like it. It's well, great. We'll be right back on the Doom to Fail podcast. Back on the Doom to Fail podcast, we are talking about cheese. Let's see. So we left it off at transesterification, the natural moving point for cheese. Um, Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about but, the cheeses we like. We talked about what emulsification is. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. So I, why, 
What is the appeal? You said you like cheese whiz, or was it cheese spread, or it was a processed cheese? You know, but what, I, what was? Can I admit something to you? This is really embarrassing. Okay. I Go ahead. um, I I love cheese whiz. <laughs> Don't really tell anybody about that. It's super embarrassing. And you know the really crappy cheese that like they have between those Ritz Bits crackers. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh my god, I love that stuff. So mm. embarrassing, so embarrassing, but I do. Well, no. So this is what I was I was saying um, before we got to talk about biodiesel, which was the point of the podcast. Um, was that when you do processed cheese, like I had always thought of it as like it's gross, weird stuff. It's bad for your body. Uh, I mean, but we're it's talking about not really like it's all food stuffs. We're talking about craft singles here, right? Well, but any processed cheese is is roughly the same idea. They just sort of handle it differently. Are you sure cheese whiz is the same way? I mean, these are some pretty... This is like super bastardized cheese I'm talking about. No, yeah. I know. I mean, I'm sure it's loaded up with salt. Like, I don't think it's good for you, but I'm just saying it's not like... Um, as near as I can tell, it's not just like a straight up... You know, hey, let's add chemical A's and A and B together and call it a cheese product. I don't know. I mean, the fact that it comes in a can makes me think it's got all kinds of preservatives in it. Um, well, certainly. So, what are you afraid of preservatives for? Well, because some of them are like plastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is where I get into a weird place because I I accept that I guess that stuff is bad for you, but like. I don't know. I think a lot of people, a lot of people who I talk to just say, yeah, like almost what I was saying about the, the, the cheese singles, which I guess I just have discussed for on a really basic level. But a lot of people will say like, oh, it's got preservatives or something. And like, I guess I accept that preservatives are bad, but like, I don't feel like, oh no, preservatives, gross. I mean, you know? some preservatives are good and some preservatives are bad. And I feel like the type of preservatives you need to keep cheese good in an aerosol can can't be great. Like those are some pretty hardcore preservatives we're talking about. That's true. I mean, gosh, I wish either of us knew much about food science, but um, I think well, a lot of times if you can something, it actually you know you you heat it up to sterile conditions in the can, then it's sterile. You know, you've killed everything and sealed it off from the air. Uh huh. I mean, you know, so that would preserve it. That's not. So bad. I'm looking up it's, the ingredients of Cheese Whiz right now. It's probably not delicious cheese if you have to heat it up to the point of sterilization, which is like above boiling. Oh, that's found in spinach. That's not so bad. Um, I'm not seeing. I mean, it's I'm not seeing anything that doesn't make it just straight out awful for you. Actually, what's a natto? What's that? Oh, a natto. Let's talk about a natto. Okay. So I hate a natto. Um, it? Well, it's in Cheese Whiz. Yeah, it's also in in uh, a lot of cheddar cheeses, uh, Colby, etc. Um, oh shoot! Let me give me a second. Cancel. Yes. My computer started a backup, which is a huge mistake for connectivity because it's a network backup. Mm-hmm. Um, From the lipstick tree. Hmm. The lipstick tree. I like the fact that it's grown in like a tropical forest. Right. So, uh, yeah, so it's in all these cheeses, and basically it's used to keep it uh, orangey color. Have you ever seen, like, orange cheddar? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, so it's got another one, and I, I really dislike this. And again, I, I don't know why. I just do. Ugh. Okay, um, that's fair. You're allowed to have that opinion. 
Yeah, it's it's got this. Uh, basically, it's a dye, and it's made from this annatto plant that's grown in in South America, uh, and apparently has some flavor, but not a lot. Uh, so, nutmeggy. Yeah. Which? Yeah. What does nutmeg taste like? I've never really known. Like, even though I've had nutmeg. Oh, I, well, hmm? it's kind of a spice, so it's kind of a flavor unto itself. It's kind of the point of spices. Yeah, is that what it? So is that how you define like the basic level of spice is when you can no longer say what it tastes like? No, I hmm. don't have a great set of taste buds, so I'm sure we could break it down more. I don't know. Well, I think eventually you get into the weird, like you know, wine tasting tea snob kind of area where you start thinking about uh It reminds me of horse brindle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, okay, so yeah. let's think about this. Nutmeg. Has like a savory component with a little bit of sweet and a little bit of spicy. Okay. The sweet I'll take as a flavor. The spicy is gonna be harder. You mean like like it burns? Like like a jalapeno? I mean a little tiny, tiny bit, yeah. Hmm. You ever just put nutmeg on your mouth? On your mouth. I mean on your tongue. Yeah. On your okay, tongue. Yeah, good. All right. Um... Save that, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Anyway. That's, I, should, I should do that, yeah. That's how I guess That'll... I would describe nutmeg, but, I mean, I don't have great taste buds. Sweet and spicy. Yeah. With like a, that With some soup. savory. Yeah. Oh, with some savory. Yeah. A little umami, you know. So, annatto is actually kind of cool because, yeah, it's this um, South American plant that was used initially. The whole reason it got in there. And so I heard, uh, I was told once that, hey, well, you know, cheese isn't actually orange ever. They just use that because people prefer orange cheese. They've run studies. And I was like, I, no one prefers that. It's gross. I mean, I'm speaking for myself here. But actually, I'm speaking for everyone, but knowing I'm speaking for myself. Mm. And it turns out that the reason really is because when they used to make a certain kind of cheese in England, maybe it was Scotland, uh, in the UK, um, the really, really good cheese would come from grass that was grown at this very certain time, and it had certain nutrients and chemicals in it that would uh, produce this sort of orangey cheese. And then, as a shortcut, people would just buy a natto and uh, stick it in their cheese and be like, see, it's good cheese. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the free market at work. And now I guess people are just used to it. But the reason I really don't like it, I mean, I, I, I prefer not to have that color, but whatever... The reason really is because it's an indicator that you're not getting the sharpest cheese. True. Yeah. It is. I prefer a, a sharp cheddar. Oh, I need my cheddar, like, pointy sharp. Yeah, exactly. Like razor it, it, sharp. You're just stabbing your tongue. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's, it's, like I said, I don't have great taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> just uh, the sharpest cheddar and the hoppiest beer, and hopefully you can't taste in the morning. That's the idea. <laughs> What are your best senses? My best senses. <laughs> I don't think I'm very good at any of them now that I'm thinking it through. <laughs> Isn't that really sad when you realize that? Yeah. I was like, well, I'm not a great taster. My nose is usually a little stuffy, so I don't know a good smeller. Uh, I have like the thickest glasses in the world, so it's definitely not sight. Touch, I guess I just never thought about it. Is your sense of touch very good? I have calluses. Oh, yeah. It's because... Is it the knitting or, or the guitar playing? Or 
Actually, it was cello and knitting. That's the truth. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm a girl. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't think cello is especially feminine. Mm. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Maybe Yo-Yo Ma. Yeah, I don't know. Would you say you have a particularly good sense? I mean, I guess my hearing is good. I don't think my hearing is good. I just think I pay attention to it a lot. I think that's what you need, though. I mean, that's a big component. That's how you improve a sense, right? Is you pay more attention to it. You go blind, you're paying more attention to your ears. Mm. And so, so you're not better. just talking about... It's not just, you know, the physical mechanics of sights or whatever. It's also sort of your neural pathways, you're saying. Well, yeah, I think if you pay more attention to it, you build more neural pathways or stronger neural pathways. Hmm. Now, let's compare this with your talk on biodiesel. Like, obviously you're more confident in your knowledge of biodiesel than neural pathway building, but I'd like to really understand the scale of that. Uh, so Do you? if you're... Yeah, yeah, I would. I don't like where this is going. Go on. <laughs> if if your uh, knowledge about biodiesel is the size of an elephant, how big is your knowledge about neural pathways? Uh, mouse. And they're really af- the elephant's really afraid, though. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just says, it's biology, it's biology. Get it it's out like of here. running around the room, stampeding, knocking stuff over, making a mess. So, thanks, now I have a mess. Thanks, Tim. You brought it up. Yeah. Your neural pathways. I know what I have You've read. You've been reading in... too much Daredevil. <laughs> I uh, I know what I've read in Scientific American. That's. Uh, I see. At least it's not Popular Mechanics. <laughs> Those jerks. <laughs> you know, I'm really sorry to the people at Popular Mechanics. They don't deserve this abuse. <laughs> they publish a fine magazine. Have you ever read it? No. I mean, really? I mean, I didn't know pretty... it was a magazine until you mentioned it. Actually, I'm pretty sure it, pop- it, it like peaked in popularity in like 1955. Ah, oh, the big mechanic craze of 1955. <laughs> uh, either that or it's it's just exclusively for children now, which, you know, so right is also... right next to highlights? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you, get, you have to step up through the ladder. It's, um, well, first you don't read as a baby, and then I'm trying to th- figure out, like, waiting room magazines. Mm. So I guess first you have you play with the little toys with the um, – it's like a wooden base with a bunch of wires yeah. wound around it, and then you slide the, the donuts around. Yeah. Yeah, which was training us all to expect flying cars, I think. Or at least, so you know, true. floating transportation tubes. No, it's yeah. true. Exactly. You know, Did you ever – I always made the connection there. Futurama? That, that was – it was a transport system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Futurama. But even before Futurama came out. It always just felt like, oh, all these little colored blocks are going over here. No, when you, you remember when Futurama came out, were you not reminded of those dentist office transportation tubes? I suppose it wasn't my first thought, but... Oh, it was mine. That episode also featured suicide booths, so I guess maybe that sort of captured my emotional imagination more closely. No. <laughs> hey, Catherine, how much cheese do you eat a year? Let me go check the ledger. <laughs> I'm walking downstairs, see? I'm All pretending right, yep. to walk downstairs. It's funny. Um, visual gags. Wait! <laughs> hang on. You weren't even doing the visual gag. I don't have to. It's radio. Uh, <laughs> go on. <laughs> okay. Well, let me walk up the stairs. Doop, 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 doop. I, um, yeah, I actually don't keep track of that. Why would I know that? Well, I mean, an estimate. 
I mean, you go to the grocery store, right? How often do you find yourself buying cheese? Um, not that, how much cheese? Not that often. No? Yeah. How, how often do you go to the grocery store? Let's start there. Like three times a week. Wow, you go a lot. I, I buy, you know, what I need when I need it. That's nice. Do you have a convenient grocery store? Is oh, there yeah. one like right by? It's like by? a block away. It is amazing. It's like a palace. Oh, yeah, that's there, It has a gym. It's so cool. I, the grocery store has a gym? The grocery store has a gym. It has a shoe repair spot. It has a like a blockbuster or something. I don't know. <laughs> Those don't exist. I know. They don't exist, but this grocery store has it. And then you walk in, and like the entire downstairs is like a hardware center. And it, there's like three other grocery stores in there plus that. Oh, it's so cool. Wow. I love my It really seems store. like something. <laughs> this is, it really seems like someone sat down and be like, we don't want to be a grocery store. We want to be your life. Yeah. It's um, it, yeah, it's a lot like my apartment building that way. It's a, it's a lifestyle destination. Yeah. It really Not a grocery is. store. It yeah. really is. But, okay, three times a week. That's, um, so no, that's great. With I, a grocery it, store uh, like that, yeah, I'm going to go three times a week. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a way to lose a lot of time because I like wandering in the grocery store. And so whenever I go, I always spend like probably 10 more minutes than I need to. You know, it's a, it's actually a place of comfort for me, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Very comforting. Yeah. You know, I um, I just moved from a university sort of neighborhood to a normal person neighborhood because I'm growing up. I mean, you say normal, but I don't think most people have this grocery palace. Okay. Well, let's say even if it had like a normal grocery store. I just moved from a university town to sort of a high-tech <laughs> utopian floating palace. That's actually uh. what Seattle is now. <laughs> oh, I see. We've the space needle finally took off. We've Earth, and now we're Cloud City. Oh, uh, that's nice. Yeah. That's why Be on the lookout for Darth Vader. Be on the lookout. I don't know. This Lance Calrissian guy seems pretty trustworthy. <laughs> He's got our back. Mayor Calrissian yeah. knows what's going on. Exactly. We're uh, we can trust him. We can definitely trust. That him. That was his motto. You can trust me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cloud City will never sell you out to the Empire. <laughs> yeah, that's on the billboard See, on as the you uh, fly in. Yeah. <laughs> on your flying car made from those suspended wires uh, with colored blocks on them. Yes. Oh, I see. It was just the model. All right, so this was the Doom to Fail podcast. We will see you next week. Have a great week. Oh, we bye. Won't see you, but bye. Why? Why? Why do you take me this? home? I'm feeling stressed. Put down your phone, and I'll tell you what's happening next. Honey, you're passing the test. She sees what she wants to see. Ooh, ooh, ooh.